Welcome everybody to episode three of DFW Rockstars. I got to explain really quickly the first time, and I said this on a previous episode, but it's been a while since we've recorded this one. We kind of got off to a rocky start. But after the first couple of episodes, the first one was actually with a musician. Um, and then as I was getting ready for the second one. Somebody said, uh, what next musician are you going to have? And I said, well, it's not about musicians. And they said, well, it's called DFW Rockstars. I was like, ah, I guess I have to explain this. So here we go. The explanation. Uh, this is really about just people. I believe firmly that all of us as humans have something valuable to offer the rest of the community. Um, you know, we're this is the business world we're talking about right now. Um, but in the end, we're just people. And so my goal when I started it, and, and it kind of came from the whole COVID mess, and I was really just looking for a way to interact with people and connect with people, and, and that was the beginning of the podcast. Uh, but I bring people on here that have something important to say, some way of coaching us, helping us, encouraging us, whatever, um, as we come together and, and try to fight through the mess that is COVID and, you know, just generally speaking, life, right? Because whether we're dealing with COVID or something else, life's kind of a mess, or it, it sure, certainly can be. Anybody going to argue with that? No. Okay, so let me introduce our guest today. I have two in the studio for the first time. We've done one, but now we've got two. Um, I have Andrea, who helps with, uh, Andrea works for me. She does bookkeeping, marketing, babysitting. I mean, Andrea, we keep her pretty busy. She does a lot of stuff around here. And definitely appreciate all of that. Uh, and then we have Tony from Insperity. Tony, you reached out to me, how long ago was it? Um, probably about three weeks now. About three weeks it's ago. Long, I mean, it's, no, it's all the days are the same that, in the pandemic, yeah, right? Yeah, so. I think it's been a lot longer than that. But anyways, you reached out to me on LinkedIn. Um, and honestly, a lot of people are doing that because of these COVID times. Uh, mm -hmm. It's an easy way to reach out. And not that it really blended in that there was, I mean, but like it kind of blended in because everybody's got something they're reaching out mm -hmm. to me about. And I honestly don't remember what caught my attention, but at the time I was just looking for people to connect with. Kind of well, like I said before. We, we can pretend it was my smile. That it, was, it was the smile, you know, that might be it. That might be it. Um, but anyways, you know, I, I kind of asked what you did and what'd you tell me? Uh, well, I probably told you that we did uh, strategic HR outsourcing, um, take care of a lot of the administrative back end that small businesses might have a hard time with. And I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. What you told me is that you help small businesses who want to grow. Do you yeah, remember saying that? Probably. That's uh, okay. sort of the common, um, I don't want to say hook, but really yeah. the common um, objective we have in mind is to help small businesses run better, grow faster, and you know make more money on, on the table as well. So obviously the first two... Um, going to be the starting point but at the end of the day uh, you know we're happy when you're happy and most businesses are happy when they're making money so we got the same objective in mind absolutely so i kind of cut you off and you were you were giving me those bullets of whoop i hit my microphone just like i told you guys not to do um i was you were giving me the bullet points right and repeat those for me real quick what are the main thing the main ways that you help businesses sure so um payroll onboarding um recruiting compliance, uh, taxes, whatever it might be that, um, you know, someone who is great at one thing and wants to start a business in that thing, and maybe they don't have too much of an idea in the other areas, you know? So um, you have someone like Andrea here who can handle a lot of that and does a good job at it. Um, but when you have questions or concerns, or maybe there's something you're not comfortable with, um, that's when someone like Insperity can come in and uh, help you make sense of some of those issues. Yeah, because when you bullet pointed out what, the, what you do, 
I can just tell you as a business owner, that's where I go to sleep. Right. <laughs> that's and, where my eyes glass over and I lose interest. And if I had a dollar every time I heard that from a business owner, I'm sure. I wouldn't have to you know, yeah. be doing this job. So. Yep, I hear you. I'm a little bit different, though. Most business owners get into the business because they want to do their craft. Right. As much as I love technology, I, I kind of just like business. Sure. You know, and so it's it's weird that I'll say that and then turn around and say that I hate all those things that actually make a business grow, right? So, it, but I mean, the, it, the bottom line is we have to do a lot of the, you know, just the stuff we don't enjoy. Either we have to do it ourselves and get really good at everything, mm-hmm. or we bring somebody in who's smarter than us that can help us with it. Sure. That's the approach I'm trying to take now. So, <laughs> uh, why, your, why your hook caught my attention. All right. All right, so there's two parts really to this podcast. We we take the first half, roughly half, and I, you know, where I believe that everybody has valuable experiences to share. I think that a lot of times we gain those experiences through struggles and challenges. There, you, you hear it all the time. There's no straight line to success in business, uh, and I don't even mean just owning a business. Just a professional, a career of any sort. There's there's no straight line. There's setbacks. There's challenges. And so I do like to talk with the poor fools that I bring in here uh, and make you spill your guts a little bit. So, Tony, tell me a little bit about, you know, a, a significant challenge that you've dealt with in your professional career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's certainly a lot more recent um, than you would maybe think or would hope. But um, I actually started with Insperity uh, March 16th of this year, uh, and for those of you who are keeping track, that is the week that most businesses started uh, sending employees home and shutting their doors. When was the uh, when did gov- the governor issue the stay-at-home order? That was I, the end of March, I, I think. Thought it was so the 20th, 21st. right? I think it was. So right the, before that, yes, right before that, you start up. Mm-hmm. I did. I was in the office two full days and a half day, uh, just enough to meet almost all my colleagues. I still have some employees who I actually met for the first time just a week and a half ago. So what uh, perfect timing. Yeah, exactly. So, so this was a challenge you're saying? Oh yeah, significantly, especially in a position where, um, you know, the goal is, um, obviously to sell in disparity, but more so to be involved in the community and do things like this and not too many podcast recordings were happening, um, you know, the week of March 16th and on, right. um, not too many meetings were happening, not too many doors were open and not too many, uh, people were being invited to enter businesses and, and meet with the owners. Right. Yeah. Because Which, we were all just kind of in a state of panic. Right. Honestly, yeah. there, there was no idea where this thing was going, how long it was going to drag out. Right. And here we sit uh, five months later with the same questions and fears. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Part of the challenge of this has also been, you know, in addition to starting a, a new career among, among the pandemic, you know, I, I'm planning a wedding in October. Oh, wow. And Congrats. Like you mentioned, you know, everyone was sort of in a panic. And that was always one thing where I was like, well, you know, married in October. This is happening in March it's not going to be a problem in October. We'll be past right. this, right? And that's what we thought. Every month that's ticked by, we've gotten closer. And I've said, well, you might be. But until I get a no or until we hear otherwise, you know, it's businesses planned on that front. And I think, you know, that's sort of been the attitude for a lot of people. You know, until we just really can't go on, we're going to try our best to adapt and do what we can. And I mean, I, I imagine that's what you did. You come into the office a couple of days before this lockdown starts happening. I mean, tell me initially, I just, so I'm going to put myself in your shoes or try to starting a job sucks. 
Fair enough. Is anybody going to disagree with that? No. Starting a new job sucks. And so you show up, you start your job, and then in a couple of days, the world melts down. Right. Just talk to me about that initial reaction. What, what did you do immediately? I know we all get through it, but I want to talk about the emotions, the trauma, the, you know, like seriously, what did that do to you? Yeah, I, I was genuinely terrified might be a strong word, so I might not say that one, but I was deeply concerned for my um, well-being, not from a health standpoint, but from a career standpoint, um, because, you know, like I mentioned, my intention um, with this job and being a business performance advisor was to truly be involved in the community. Uh, That's the Insperity mission. And so um, I, I didn't want to just be a stranger over the phone, cold calling businesses, trying to, you know, peddle a service. You know, what Insperity does has value and what my position does has value as well in building relationships and, um, you know, consulting and just being a resource to business owners. And it's really hard to do that when you can't meet business owners, right? Um, And so I sat there really concerned, new to any sort of you know, undertaking like this, you know, before I worked, um, tutoring children in math and running a math learning center. Right. So the whole, oh, really? whole new world to me Okay, in a whole new world as yeah. well. Right. Um, so I had to, you know, really think about how I can build relationships in an environment like this and how I can build value as someone who is new to this world and doing it at a strange time, you know? Uh, and, and so my focus really lied in, um, I need to build relationships however possible. You know, LinkedIn became a huge resource to me, um, just trying to put a name to the face instead of being a, you know unknown caller on someone's right. cell phone screen, right? And trying to build a network and, and connect with people that way. You know, if I do business with you or not, great. But, you know, my hope is that I can bring value to you through other people I know or that I'm building relationships through. So Chamber of Commerce is um, different networking groups, just trying to build uh, a professional network of people I know and trust and, you know, I know their businesses have value and can provide that to other people as well. Well, so as you say that, the the immediate thought I have is that I get, I, I mentioned, people reach out to me on LinkedIn all the time. Right. And I'll respond back to them in most cases with something. Uh, Maybe it's an invite to a podcast, you know, like this. Um, Maybe it's questions about their business. Maybe it's, you know, what's your sales pitch? A lot of times I'll ask them, who are they after? Who who can I introduce them to? But I'll I'll try to engage with them. I don't do a lot of initial outreach, honestly. Right. But but people are reaching out to me, and so that's how I respond. And surprisingly, I mean, you and I are sitting here in this studio recording, and that's out of a lot of people who have reached out to me. And when I try to engage with them. You know, maybe there's one response, but then largely the the conversation just kind of goes quiet. So where you're talking about building relationships, I just got to give you a pat on the back for doing it. You know, you, right. you're actually responding then. Um, but it's crazy how many people have, you just don't, they don't do the follow-up. So, I mean, hats off to you, seriously. Yeah, it's tough. You know, a lot of people, like I mentioned, they're chasing the fish, right? And don't necessarily understand the steps yep. to getting the fish. And, and to their credit, not everyone has the same leash or period of time to, you know, slowly work towards that fish, right? Yeah. And so, again, I'm fortunate that, you know, our company is focused on the community as well. So that allows me to do that. Um, but again, you know, no conversation is a bad conversation if you give it a little time. And that's been my approach, especially in this pandemic, is a no 
might be a no, but if there's opportunity for something else, be it a podcast, be it a cup of coffee, right? Why not explore right. that, right? Yeah, because I mean, connections are connections, and you can right. always maybe, yeah. What, do they have friends? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do they know people? <laughs> Chances so, are they do. Um, okay, so you, you know, quick recap: you start your job, couple days later, we're in global meltdown. Uh, you panic, maybe that's my word, not your word, but that, I'm saying that because that's what I did. No, you it's, know, it's a good word. I think we all went into some form of panic, some form of anxiety. You said terror, and then you retracted that. I'm going to put it back <laughs> on the table. Definitely what I felt. Um, but but then you start to power through it. You're reaching out on LinkedIn. You're you're finding any way you can to connect with people, um, and that's great. So that got you through this crisis. Now tell me what uh, what do you expect will be kind of the long term value of having to go through that you know, for your, for your career moving forward. Right. I, I think, um, I mean, the value of that is being seen right now, you know, being here on this podcast with you and having this opportunity to sort of, um, you know, just be a resource, um, and provide value to small businesses. And so instead of, you know, just right out of the gates, my focus being, you know, sell, 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 right. Mm-hmm you know, that wasn't happening for a lot of people, right? Like you mentioned, there was panic. People didn't have time to think about, you know, what the next six months, 12 months looked like. They were trying to, you know, keep their employees and keep their doors open, right? Right, yeah. Um, So, you know, we had to shift our focus as business owners were shifting their focus. Uh, And I think while it's been tough, um, long-term, you know, I've been fortunate enough to build these relationships, meet people, engage with them in a way that's a little more organic and not so, um, sales focused. Yeah. And, you know, as those conversations start to surface again and happen, that's great. Um, but like you mentioned, you know, chances are you have friends, you do know somebody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I've been able to take that time to cultivate, um, you know, a name to the face and, you know, oh, well, Tony, Tony does this, right? You, know, you should talk to him. And so I'm hoping and seeing that moving forward while everyone was having a tough time and adapting that hopefully, um, you know, those relationships we've built and, you know, I know I'm not alone. You're doing the same, clearly inviting people to the podcast and, you know, seeing what you can do to bring value to your clients and other people. Um, you know, I think that's going to pay off for a lot of people who've been focused on the people, you know, put business right. aside for a yep. second and, and see how we can just help each other and be there uh, and be a resource. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So, all right, we're going to, we're going to shift gears a little bit and I've, before I do anything else, I got to back up and just give you a shout out. I, I promised you I was going to drop your phone number early on and I forgot to do that. So folks, if you if you have any of the issues that Tony takes care of, whether it's HR, payroll, um, and I'm missing one because you said at least three. Uh, group health's a big one. Health, for a lot of yeah, health yeah, care, yeah, or, uh, insurance. insurance, right. Uh, phone number 972-409-4311. And, and I'm going to just, again, shout out here because when I've talked to people before who are interested in selling me health insurance, um, they're kind of like cockroaches, if I'm being honest. Do I have to edit that out? I'm not going to. <laughs> they um, won't watch this. It's okay. But, but my point is, um, you've just been pleasant to deal with. Oh, and so if, if nothing else, you know, grab a cup of coffee with Tony. Talk about these things. Maybe there's a fit. Maybe there's not. But there's no value or there's no waste in just having these conversations, especially while we're all still kind of trying to figure out what the hell's going on right. in this world. So, all right, that said, let's uh, let's shift gears and let's talk about some value that we can add for our listeners. 
And my question is, as you're going out and you're meeting with people, whether it's LinkedIn conversations, Zoom meetings, uh, or whatever, what do you see as the number one fear, concern, or problem that your clients or potential clients are dealing with? Right. There's a lot of conversation and been a lot of concern between um, you know prospects, clients, and even my teammates about um, you know great we we have this PPP loan you know it helped a lot it'd be great if I don't have to pay it back right mm-hmm. so what do I need to do to make sure that's the case right what do I need to have prepared what are the steps that I need to have done you know chances are at this point it's already come and gone what you've done with it but. Um, you know, there's still some room to move some numbers around and make sure that things are in the right place as far as, you know, you're keeping track of them and your records, right? So it's not all lost if you've done something incorrect at this point. Um, but they just want to make sure that, again, you know, it's um, there's, you know, 5.2 million outstanding PPP loans as of last Dang. week. Um, that represents about 15 to 20% of all small businesses in America. Uh, wow. And it's about you know five hundred twenty million uh, dollars in loans. So obviously that's a lot of money that a lot this of is people, on people's minds, <laughs> right? That that they don't want to pay back. Okay, um, so I'm going to pause you for a second. And I introduced Andrea early on, and then she's just been sitting over there quiet, hoping we don't notice her. But Andrea, we know you're still here. Um, and and the reason I brought you in, Andrea, is because y- you've done my books twice now, mm-hmm. and we won't go into a lot of the history here. But what I wanted to say is. Um, most recently, you started working with me how long ago? A few months? April. So, yeah. right again as the world's melting down. Yes. And one of the first things I threw at you was this PPP stuff. Yes. And I threw it at you because I had no idea what it was, other than there was access to money that could get <laughs> buy me some time while I'm trying to sort this out with the rest of the world. And... I saw you as a resource, and I just start flinging these hand grenades at you, right? Yes. Um, so I'm going to ask you a similar question that I asked Tony earlier. What was your initial gut reaction when I start launching these bombs at you? Well, you kind of go into panic, and so when you like panic, send them to me. It kind of like sends me into panic. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what is this? It's like here, take care of this right away, and I'm like going, oh, you know, like panicked about it. When really it wasn't like due that day. It's right, like, right. Due right now. <laughs> so, but it takes digging through the stuff you sent me to figure out it wasn't due that day or that end of the month. Like, yeah. Because I didn't know. I mean. Well, and I'm what, firing it off at you because yeah. I don't know. And, I, mean, <laughs> I don't even bother reading the email. I'm just yeah. like, ah, this is for Andrea. Right. And yeah. I throw it at you. So when when is it due was the biggest thing because it's like, okay, well, okay, you got the money in. What, what, when do we have to start dealing with this or what do we do? And so, but literally you had to dig through pages and pages of reading stuff to even determine that it's not due anytime soon and you don't do anything until it is due until you do have to submit the information for you know the loan to prove that you you know used it for the payroll so um that was the biggest thing but goodness it was yeah it was it's just a lot panic yeah and nobody knows what's going on written right there right don't worry about this until this date and we'll let and then it says we'll let you know when it's time to apply it's like well, because the reality is, I think the people issuing the loans, the ones overseeing the whole process, I don't think they know what's going on. I don't on. think they did. And and I printed one that finally made sense out of all the 
ones you forwarded to me in your little panics. Because um, <laughs> hey, listen, week, you leave my emotions out of this. I'm asking the questions here. Each week, I get another one and another one, and so finally, there was a simple one that answered it. That was kind of like, here's the here's how it's outlined. Do you is, remember? Did that one come from a bank? Yes, this is from. It the was bank. from the it, bank. Okay, we won't bank. name the bank, but yeah. it was actually because I was I was getting emails from all yeah. sources. Yeah, these right. are from the. This is from yeah. the bank that our loan that issued the through. loan. Yes. Okay. So and so it lines out the dates and the percentage, which is seventy five percent. I'd since heard since this that they were maybe changing the percentages, but we fit in the percentages either okay. way, so it didn't matter. But um, and then of course the deadline isn't for a, a while, like. They'll send us an email when it's time to apply okay, for the right. forgiveness. So we don't need a panic. So we don't need a panic. And so, like, once I could find that there was no need to panic, just let Justin panic. It's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, We're good. <laughs> and to your point, you said you know, it's hard to be sure because it, it feels like the people in charge aren't even sure. Um, you know, with the forgiveness portal yeah. just having opened up uh, on the SBA side of things, many of the banks haven't opened their forgiveness portals or their applications yet because you know there's still bills in Congress floating around right. and they're waiting to see what happens before they make any decisions. And right. as a business owner, you're kind of you know small fish in that chain, just kind of waiting to see you know right. what you can and can't do and how things are. Well, gonna they look. send you the links to go to the SBA.gov or Treasury.gov, and if you go to those. Well, you, good luck. <laughs> mess. Let yeah. me know if you figure something out because you can't. It's that, like, that's a day's worth of reading right there. It is, and you read it and you're just like, this doesn't make any sense at all. Like, it's literally mind boggling. You learn nothing. Yeah. Well, you right. read a bunch of gibberish. <laughs> and that's why life. I'm sitting here talking to people that are smarter than me, because if you don't understand it, you can imagine what my brain does when I read it. So let me ask a question. And, and Tony, this I haven't prepped you for this. This is a legitimate question on my mind. I don't think I've even asked you this, Andrea. But one thing, and I interface with a lot of business owners, whether I'm prospecting for new clients, dealing with my existing clients, or meeting with my peers, which I do a lot, a lot of other IT companies. And one of the things that gets kicked around is that, or, or what people did in kind of this panic is they got the loan and they put it in a separate bank account and then they were writing payroll checks out of that account to make sure that they could track the exact dollar that came in and went out so that there would be no question on whether the dollar was spent, the right oh dollar was gosh. spent on payroll or the wrong dollar was spent on payroll. Like that's the kind of stuff I heard people talking about. And I personally thought, that's nonsense. Can't we just run a report and show money in, money out? Am I right yeah. on that? Or yes. right? Yes. Okay, good. Because like seriously, the hysteria around people trying to track the money, and I don't just mean quantities. I mean like the precise dollar oh, that same. came in. Wow. Is it the same dollar that went out? I'm like, that can't matter. Wow, no. But this is the kind of stuff people are asking. Right. And that's just shows the concern and uncertainty people have, right? right? You know, right. Like when you're given, you know, $100,000, $150,000, and you're told that, you know, this will be forgiven granted conditions, and those conditions, you know, like you said, you look at them and, you know, what does that mean, right? Yeah. You could understand why some people might have that level of hysteria. Well, and because, so not only one of my main concerns wasn't, well, they, they first they say, hey, the money's coming, right. you're saved. Right. Like, oh, shh, I can breathe. Right. Thank the Lord, you know. Yeah. And then you get the money, and they're like, well, now we're going to change what we told you before. Mm -hmm. Like, it actually changed, or at least that was the rumblings I'm hearing as a non-finance oh. person. And that's kind of where, I, I honestly, for me, I, I don't panic about that. If I have to pay the money back, I'll pay it back. 
Right. In the end, yeah. that was it was a godsend having the help while I'm watching the world melt down. My clients are scared to yeah. death. They're not paying me because they're in business, but they don't know if they're going to survive. You know, so there's just general hysteria. Um, but it was definitely a concern of mine as I watched the rules kind of change and evolve after I had the money. Right. That was that was interesting. I think yeah, they changed the rules and evolved. Yeah, and, and so and, but the rules didn't were not clear. They never were clear. No, right. No. No. I don't think they so, were even and, and decided I think, on. I they, think that's why some people went into panic and put it in a separate account. Right. They made it sound like every little dollar did have to be account. Like you yeah, had to keep like track a paper of, trail, breadcrumb yeah, on the actual yeah, dollar. Every receipt and like dollars even exist. I mean, it's yeah. not even really a thing. Right. <laughs> right I, it's yeah. not like we're dealing with. Uh, serial numbers on paper dollar bills, but that's kind of how yeah, people uh, you were didn't treating receive it. Receive your $100,000 cash? Didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I'm kind of pissed about that, <laughs> if I'm being honest. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, before I go on, Andrea, did you have any questions that you wanted to throw at Tony? Maybe if we can see if we can get him a little off base here, you know, off kilter. Uh, or, or are you pretty comfortable at this point knowing what you need to do? Well, just what do you what do you know about when? the process starts for people to um, apply for the forgiveness. Right. So what's your understanding of it? Sort of as I touched on uh, just previously, you know, the officially the SBA, their forgiveness portal is open. Um, but depending on what bank your loan was issued through and all that, you know, they may or may not be accepting their application, uh, their forgiveness applications at this point, just because, you know, they're waiting to see you know, is something going to change? What's going on with the bills? You know, so everyone's just kind of at the point where they're they're waiting. You know, even business owners who maybe could apply for forgiveness at this point, you know, they have until, like I mentioned, um, you know, 10 months from your covered period ends. So, you know, no one's really rushing to, okay. to get those in um, because just like at the beginning, there was uncertainty, you know, at the forgiveness stage, there's an equal amount of uncertainty and people are kind of waiting to see what happens before they, they take that dive because they do want to make sure they're, they're getting back, you know, every dollar they can, you know? So let me, uh, let me throw something at you as a non-finance professional. Sure. And I cannot emphasize that enough. <laughs> if somebody, somebody were to ask me in a state of panic, what they need to do about this PPP loan, my advice would be take a breath, right? Like just chill, relax. Yeah. The rules might change. Right. Just take a breath. Now, as finance professionals, both of you, would you give different advice? Or is that the right answer? No, I think that's the right answer. And then, I agree. And then just because our information comes from the bank. So your understanding is we wait till the bank informs us to apply versus if the, if the portal's open, you still wait to hear from your bank when you should start the process versus panicking and thinking, oh, but they're starting to do and we need to do it now. Like, right. Okay. Yeah. I would agree. You know, okay. I think given the time frame, um, given how many outstanding loans there are, you know, like I mentioned, I, I don't think anything is going to move very quickly. Uh, I think there might be a feeling of rush because in the beginning there was a rush. People yeah. wanted to make sure that they got their application in because they wanted to get well, money. Because they ran right. out of money. Exactly, right? So I was one of those that didn't get any on the first round. And I'm like, oh, well, oops. Right. So, missed so, that opportunity. So there was a rush, right? So now, fortunately, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a shortage of money to be given back, no, th right? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, they're, they have a little more time to, you know, work things out and make sure that all the moving parts are going to be um, in, in accordance with what needs to be taken care of, you know, on the business end, on the bank end, you name it. Um, but, you know, definitely take a breath, 
relax as long as you've been documenting everything and that you know you have the records you need um you should be good so that i want to dig into and that was going to be my question actually and you brought it up so um i hear that all the time document everything now to my knowledge when we do things in quickbooks we run payroll we do whatever we're already documenting everything is there anything that we need to be doing differently than we were doing before to document this stuff for the forgiveness process uh, on the payroll side, probably not. You know, as long as you have solid reporting, you should be okay. Where you might need some additional looking into or, you know, more complex reporting is if you, you know, had to lay some people off and bring them back. How does that okay. affect your full-time equivalency? You know, um, one thing as far as document everything is concerned is if you did have any, you know, legitimate firings um, or, you know, workers who refused to come back to the workplace due to COVID, you know, you want to make sure you have that in writing and on record um, because that'll apply to the safe harbor, um, which affects your full-time equivalency as well. Um, That's just a lot of words to say that they want to make sure you know, what actually happened during the PPP covered period, you know, reflects accurately on, you know, your reference period and what you guys were doing. So that actually is an excellent point. And I'm going to dig in a little bit more. Um, Let's say that a company had a full-time salesperson that they had hired prior to the COVID panic pandemic. uh, (laughs) And that salesperson didn't do jack. And then COVID hits. And in that scenario, uh, a particular boss decided to let that salesperson go. How does that impact any of this? Um, so that would... Because it wasn't, a in this hypothetical scenario, <laughs> right. it wasn't about the pandemic. It was about lack of performance. Right. Not doing their job. So that, that's to the point of where, you know, recording everything all the time, not just during a pandemic, um, does you a lot of favors, right? Because if you have, you know, an accurate reflection of the salesperson not meeting, you know, like you said, they did jack for however long period of time, you know, that would be a legitimate firing. And I filtered that, by the way. (laughs) So if you did write-ups, did you do write-ups when you, like, spoke This is a hypothetical, Andrea. I mean, did Did you hypothetically do write-ups? Did the person hypothetically do write If you keep write-ups of writing the person up each time you've, like, reprimanded them or talked to them, that's your backup. So hypothetically, there may or may not have been emails back and forth where the instructions were given, admission of guilt was given, Right. Um, so as long as now you, those emails, as long as that person doesn't delete everything, then well, but the emails are on on both ends hypothetically. Right. Right. Hypothetically, those emails probably should be printed out and put somewhere. Yes. Okay. Right. So yes. Th- this is all falling into our <laughs> uh, why I like keep track of everything sometimes. umbrella. Right. Now so. and and I, I'm going to throw this. I'm going to throw a softball at you, Tony. If uh, if you were handling HR for this hypothetical company, is that something that you would have gotten involved in? Uh, oh, you is mean, that, sorry, in like, like, is, right, right, right. is that all that documentation, all that stuff that you guys coach people through at a minimum? Absolutely. So okay. part of part of the great service team you get as an Insperity client includes an HR specialist. So yeah. they can answer those hard questions and make sure you have policies in place to um, not only document those things, but, you know, make sure what you're documenting applies to your policy. So then when it comes time to 
you know, bring the axe to that salesperson who did Jack. The um, hypothetical it, The hypothetical salesperson, <laughs> right. It is a legitimate firing and not yeah. just uh, an act of convenience in a pandemic, right, right. as they might try to spin it. Because outside of COVID, if the person applies for unemployment, you need that backup to win the unemployment suit. Right. So that's where if you don't have that, you have reprimanded him and written person up, then you don't have anything and the person wins the wins the suit, wins the unemployment. Now, right. in this hypothetical scenario, what would have been really awesome is if the uh, employee had actually resigned in writing, right? Yes. Right. So that's the yes. cool hypothetical outcome here. But it's a great question. Right. Yes. Um, yes. And the worst case scenario would be he gets COVID the day before you plan to fire him because then CARES oh. Act gets involved and Oof. you've got more loops to jump through. But fortunately, in this hypothetical he was a healthy, <laughs> healthy right. salesperson. That's right. But in regards to the PPP, if the person was replaced, then it doesn't affect your payroll thing. Repla- so the, and there's a valid question. Replaced with the exact same job function, or can they be replaced with a similar but different job function? I think it can be similar but different if they're, if they're fulfilling the need of what that person was right. supposed to be right. supplying. The, the okay. important part comes down to the, the full-time equivalent right. hours right. in play. And that, yeah. So. Right. So if, you, if the employer fulfills that then then your hypothetical situation doesn't apply to the ppp situation and so moving out of (laughs) hypothetical so we can quit playing that game back to reality um, the the nice thing about our company is the or the fortunate situation we're in right now we've actually increased our staff we have more people now than we did prior to covid Mm -hmm. it's awesome Um, we're not worried about the the, that part of it, it. Yeah. 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 So now, you know, hopefully the economy doesn't completely melt down. And <laughs> right. This was a smart choice. And, uh, <laughs> right. But, but that's how we've chosen to do it. One thing that I learned a while back is that in a recession, that's a great time to find good people, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's kind of the way we've approached this. Um, you know, we're, we're working our butts off to yeah. grow the company at the moment. And we have a good group. Yeah, we do. We, we have a great team here. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's wrap that up, and we're, we're going to kind of close out. Tony, I just wondered if you had any, whether it's PPP-related or not, just what kind of words of wisdom do you have for fellow business owners, fellow professionals, just people that are trying to muddle through the, the situation we find ourselves in right now? Sure, and I think you just spoke to a big part of it, uh, or at least part of what I was going to say is, you know, you said in a recession you find good people. Um, you know, it's... It looks grim and it's tough right now for a lot of businesses. You know, you guys are fortunate that, like you mentioned, you're in an okay spot. Um, you know, technology, IT, yeah. is still happening, right? So that's yep. it's a good, good industry to be in. Um, but you know, for other people, just stay optimistic, take care of your people. Um, it's maybe not the time to grow, but it is the time to you know take a take a look. You know, there are good people available. Maybe it's time to maybe reflect on uh, the performance of your employees. Uh, businesses have a lot of them, at least, more time than usual. You know, with right. a slowdown to really take an introspective and maybe look at some of their internal processes or some of their um, performances and who's doing what. How are we handling this? Has that been working? The things that normally you just kind of push to the side because they've been okay or it hasn't been a problem. That's what I was going to say. Whether we have more time or not, that's debatable. At least for me personally, I would say no. But 
I tell you what, there is a laser focus in my mind that hasn't been there in the 20 right. years I've been in business. <laughs> right. With, with the slowdown and days, well, days blurring together, but not blurring by maybe. Yeah. Um, there's been more opportunity for businesses to sort of take that look and see, um, you know, where where there's room for improvement, where, you know, maybe they um, can reduce some things or cut down. Um, and, and so just remain open-minded uh, about, you know, getting better and more efficient, but don't, you know, overexert yourself. You know, I would say some companies have the opportunity to pivot. Um, those that don't, you know, think about what are you going to do when I, I don't want to say things return to normal. Yeah, because there's not we, the no, new normal. Right. Yeah. And we, we don't even know what, you know, post pandemic is going to look like. Right? right. But think about your, your solid strategies and, you know, what you can do um, moving forward, right? Not everyone's going to have that that genius pivot available to them, right? right. Not, not all businesses have something that can lean to that. But, you know, you're in business for a reason. You know, chances are if you made it this far, you were doing something okay, right? Yeah. So what, what, what have you done okay and what is that going to look like moving forward? And how do you make sure that you have both the workforce and processes available to you know handle that and move forward in a way that makes sense? So I really think it is the time to uh, invest in your people and culture. You know, I, we've seen a lot and heard a lot from businesses who you know their employees stick through it with them, uh, and I think you know you seem like you understand the value of people, um, which is great and. Uh, that drew me drew me to the conversation for sure, um, but those those business owners who do value their people, um, you know, their employees are going to recognize that in this time. You know, there's a lot of people um, been laid off or who feel sort of bleak about their future. But uh, if you can really take the time to invest and take care of your employees at this time, I think that'll go a long way in you know showing who you are as a business and providing value um, as well, you know? Yeah, no, that's solid. I could not agree more. <laughs> yes. Very good advice. All right, Andrea, do you have any parting words? I don't think I do. Or, or you said what you came to say. Yes, I did. All right. <laughs> well, with that, we're gonna wrap up, but Tony, seriously, thank you for being a part of this. Um, you know, I've interviewed a few people in the last <laughs> few months. And uh, I never really know what I'm going to get. This was solid. This was Thanks. great content. I learned something. I think there's value in this for everybody that listens. Yeah. Um, and so seriously, thank you for, for coming on here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, thank you for having me. It's been great to, um, you know, share some of the more relevant side of things that don't always come up in day-to-day -day conversation. Right. So. so last shout out. Yeah. Guys, if you have a business, you're involved in a business that wants to grow, and uh, maybe you don't like doing all that dirty nonsense that I talked about that I don't like doing, <laughs> Tony's your guy. Give him a call, 972-409-4311. And because nobody remembers numbers, we'll put that up on the site. On uh, You can go to dfwrockstars.com, go to the episode show notes, and we'll put Tony's contact information in there. Tony, thank you again for being here. Andrea, thank you for being here. Thank you. And with that, we're going to sign off. Take care, guys. Thank you.